Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is um, episode 89 of Three Brothers Talking. Um, today, it's actually just just one brother talking. It's just me, David. Um, I'm here to talk about a book. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to say that we're still uh, marching to 100 episodes. We are on our way there. We will be getting there this year. That's the that's the course that we're on. That's what we're marching to and making that 100th. 100th episode, uh, something that's a lot of fun. So uh, we're at work on that. Um, if you guys have ever have anything that you want us to talk about that we just haven't talked about, whether no matter how serious or not serious it may be, um, we are always open to suggestions for that. So uh, three brothers talking at gmail.com, the number three brothers talking at gmail.com is the easiest way to get a hold of us. Also, Instagram. 3BT pod is pretty easy as well. Um, with all that said, I want to get into um, talking about this book that I read. I promise that even if you haven't read the book, um, this is not going to be a stupid and dry, well, it might be, but I'm not trying to make it a stupid and dry uh, book review. Um, really, it's just about the topics that this book brings up. And the book is um, It's Good to Be a Man by um, Dominic Non-Tenant and Michael Foster. Um, so I read this actually a few months ago and kind of have been sitting with it ever since, uh, to be honest, to sort of continue to think what I thought about it. And the book is, um, I would say overall, it's good. Uh, I, I think that there's something about this book that's really needed. I know that there might be people who don't care for um, Canon Press, they don't care for Michael Foster, um, and, he, and that's perfectly fine. I'm not some huge fan. I've never read anything he's ever written or said before this. And I really haven't read anything he's written or said after this book. And it's pretty recent release as well. Um, so I can't pretend to know everything about the author or whatever. However, the reason that this book exists is because I do believe there's an actual need for the book. We talked about this in one of our episodes pretty recently about the one about um, like Joe Rogan and Jocko Willink and all this and the the need in Christian um, culture for masculine, manly role models and leaders, um, or at least um, the the perceived need for that. And that's why those guys are so popular. And I think that's why this book was written. Um, because even if you aren't a fan, maybe of all the solutions that are proposed by the book or all the ideas that are proposed by the book, the thing that you should, I think, readily recognize is that there is an actual need for these ideas. Because it begs the question of what picture are we painting for the men and for men in the church? Like what what picture are we holding out about what it looks like to actually be a man? What are the duties you're supposed to do? What are the things you're supposed to work at, be good at, and excel at? Um, what are the things you're supposed to leave behind? We we need to have actual answers for those things. And I think that by and large, um, that hasn't been very well addressed. Um, for a while. And honestly, I don't think that femininity and what it means to be a woman has been well addressed either for a while. I think that we haven't served the church well. Um, the church at large hasn't served the church at large well in either of those topics. And so that leaves people hungry for, um, like they're they're saying, like, tell me what I'm actually supposed to be like. Like, I, like God made us on purpose. He made us with 
um, different purposes in mind, but what does it actually mean to do it? Like, what does it mean to actually live it out? And so I think that's why this book was written. And I think no matter who we are, we ought to ask the question, especially if we're church leaders, um, if we're asking the question of the church that we go to, like what what kind of picture are we painting for men or women to step into? Because um, like so many things, um, we'll talk about being a man, being a woman, but whenever you, you're asked to actually define those things, it can be pretty nebulous at best, right? Um, it isn't always that crystal clear about what it actually means. And sometimes that's for good reason, because it's hard to figure out. Um, but I do think that in this book, there was actually stuff that was pretty valuable in that regard and giving more objective ideas of like, here's what it looks like and why it looks like. Um, one of the reasons that that happened is because it grounded everything in creation itself, both men and women in the context of creation and being made for dominion. That man, that Adam was made to take dominion over the earth and that Eve was made to help him. And so that is something that... Um, Putting, putting the roles, the ideas, the nature of men and women into that context helps it not be such a, um, a vague or a, an arbitrary set of ideas about what a man or a woman is. Instead, there's actually purposeful ideas about what a man or a woman is because of the very fact that um, this was there from creation. And we see how it was good in creation, and so it continues to be good now. Um, I think that was a strong point of the book. I think by far the best part of the book was explaining the word gravitas, which is a word that even as I say it, it feels pretentious because it's pronounced so funny. Um, but gravitas is this idea of weight, that a person carries weight, um, especially men are supposed to carry weight. So they're supposed to have a gravity that pulls other people sort of into orbit, keeps them in orbit. Um, the, the way that this book explained that I thought was actually really good. And, and it sort of identified like, Whenever you think of strong, especially good male leaders, um, you think that you just in, you intuitively know that they have a weight or a gravity that sort of just in an unspoken way pulls people into orbit around them, helps people unite around an idea or a core or a vision or a purpose, and they also have um, not a not a not a seriousness that is characterized by not having fun, but a seriousness that that pushes people forward. Um, in a constructive way, and just a respect, like a respect that is there when they walk in the room because people respect that man. Um, this book talked in a really helpful way about gaining gravitas, about what it means to be a man, to grow into manhood, is to grow into that, um, and how to help people, how for that to be true of you, how for there to be a perception of that of you. Now, the thing that's great about it is that the temptation there would be to tell people, like, here's how you trick people into thinking that you have it. But the whole point is that, no, you can't trick people into this. You have to actually earn it, and you have to earn it through duty. You have to earn it through responsibly living out your life in front of other people so that they would sense that about you. Like, you can't fake it is the whole point. Um, I thought that was great because the temptation for young men, especially if they want to be leaders, is like, well, how do I get people to see me as a leader? When in reality, it's like, no, you don't just get people to see you as one. You actually have to like be one, and that earns a credibility through you doing it, through you showing that responsibility, not through you like getting other people to perceive a responsibility in you. Um, so they had four, I think they had four or five virtues about ways to get that. 
like at the bare minimum. And I thought these were great of just stop seeking praise, stop complaining, stop breaking promises and stop making excuses. I think if you do those four things, like you will quickly earn respect from people and they might not be able to identify it, but they will see you as, um, like they will begin to see you as a more respectable and followable person because you're not one that makes excuses or complains or breaks promises. Um, and you're not seeking the praise of other people. Like you're content, you're okay. Um, and all of those ideals are there for anybody who's wanting to grow in that maturity, wanting to grow and being a leader of any kind. Um, really just even less being a leader, but just talking about being a mature Christian, like stop making excuses, be a person of your word, stop breaking promises. Um, Stop complaining about things. Show a contentment and an excitement instead of a complaining attitude. And stop seeking the praise of other people. Uh, Later on, they even talk about receiving correction well as one of the chief marks of being mature, which is, I think, straight out of the book of Proverbs. So um, that's something for all of us to practice. The other thing that I thought was really strong was their idea of men being about a calling, like a specific purpose, and how that interplays with marriage. So they're writing this book, I think, at least in in some way, I would say primarily to single men or younger men who are asking the question of what am I supposed to be? Like I haven't given the, the assumption is I haven't had a role model, I haven't been well taught, so what am I supposed to be? And so one of the things they lay out is that men are supposed to be at a call, about a gift or a vision um, that God would have them work on in their life, throughout their life. And that will change in time through seasons. Um, but that there should be, men should have a direction. And one of the things that I think is really valuable about, valuable about that is they pulled the idea of getting God's will out of the really overly spiritualized, superstitious, and nebulous idea that we often carry about God's will. Instead, it basically said, look at what you're passionate about, look at what you're gifted in, and move towards that and then invite other people into it, especially in the context, as they talked about um, getting married. You are, you're asking a woman then not just to submit to you or just to like follow you, um, but the one thing that I did think was helpful at this point out was like, it's not just about you, it's about where you're leading, where you're going to lead a family, where you're going to lead a household. Um, and so in the context of marriage, it's like, then you're inviting um, a woman to a wife to come in and lead in that same direction as you. Not just follow you around because you're not that important. You're, you're, not that, you're not that important. What's important is the work that God's like called you to do um, and, and the fruit that you're going to bear in the future. And so if you would like someone to marry you, the question is like, you know, are you actually working and living in a way and, and for a cause that is worth coming alongside? And I would encourage women um, who are looking for a husband, I would tell them, like, look at where he seems to be headed. Does he Is he a man that knows what he wants to do? Is he a man that, that cares about things that are important? Is he a man that has gravitas? Like, do you want to, like, is this the kind of person that, the kind of man that other people want to follow because he's got high character, high respectability, high follow-through, high responsibility? I would give all that to um, a woman who is, interested in, in finding a husband um, because I think that's going to guard her from marrying a guy who is going nowhere and pursuing nothing and has no character. So I honestly thought that a lot of what it said about 
marriage, I think would be great for a husband and wife to talk through in some ways. Not everything's gold, but whatever. Now, some of the, some of the things that I didn't love about the book, um, the points that it had about, um, it had, it talked about paragons of virtue and that was kind of following, following after how to gain gravitas and the duties and the traits that God gives for men to have. Um, I thought it was kind of overly complicated in some ways. Like I thought that they were on a really good direction and then I kind of got lost even as I read through it. Um, so like the content was good, but something about it was confusing. I thought more confusing than it needed to be. Um, the next thing that this kind of brings me to in general is like the book is very much about um, answering the current cultural trends. And to that end, it even uses a lot of like modern internet terms and slang, um, whether it's like white knights or things like that. So that is a good and a bad thing. Like the good thing is that it does for the guys that it's written to the guys that are really angry that there's no, um, like that they haven't been told what masculine masculinity is by the end of the podcast. I'll figure out how to actually say that word in femininity, um, without stopping first. But, you know, this book is written, I think primarily to, to younger men, that are trying to figure out who they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to be. And they're also maybe a little angry at the climate of the world that doesn't tell them. And so I think that it uses some of these modern internet words to like identify with them, show them how to get out of it, right? It talks about the red pill rage men and how um, being a man is not being a red pill rage person, (laughs) um, which I thought was good. Um, But at times, like the way that it was so specific means that this is not a book that's really like, a textbook of how to be a man at all times. In some ways, this is about a book that's about how to like, how to how to learn how to be a man in that part of your life, or even in the current culture that we're in. Um, so, in some ways, I would love to find a book that is more about just men, uh, masculinity through the ages, right? Manhood that's not so time era specific. Um, the other things is. Um, are all kind of tied into that. It talked about like receiving correction and that talk was really good about the pride and the humility and how to take, how to have a high view of yourself and your purpose, but also how to receive correction well. Um, But then on the other side, it used that in the context of language about crabs and envy. And I'm pretty sure that crabs is like an internet term, but honestly, I'm not that tied into the internet um, <laughs> or social media and stuff, which is evidenced in this show's lack of social media presence. But what that means is that half of that lesson was kind of lost on me. So again, that's what they said explicitly at the beginning of the book. We're trying to write a timely book focused on this time. So some of that is to be expected. Some of that's on me for not knowing the terms and also not having taken the time to look them up. Um, but on the whole, I think this book is good. I would give it to I would give it to a man to read who um, is good at chewing the meat and spitting the bones because I think there's plenty of things in here that you can skim past or um, just say, "Yep, that's not for me. I don't think that's right," or "I don't see that in scripture, so I'm gonna move on." Um, but at the same time that all that's true, it can still bring up good topics, and I think give at least some basic definitions about what it means to be a man. Um, even though it's not perfect, because it's certainly not. Um, but that being said, plenty of it is, I think, useful for guys today and for men trying to help younger men how to learn this whole thing. So all that being said, thanks for uh, taking the time to listen to this or watch it. Um, 
and uh, we'll be back with more episodes soon. There should be one dropping uh, next week. And then we are uh, marching on to 100 and looking for your topics. Anything you want us to talk about, let us know. Please share this with a friend. And um, that's the only way our show gets around. So next time we'll be back, all three of us will be here. And it won't just be boring old me. But uh, thanks in the meantime for listening to this anyway. See ya.